Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Coffee with Casey. Today, we're going to take a look at three things. One, we're going to look at the market update. We're waiting for that inventory to see if it was it's coming back. Uh, last week, we talked about it being down 25% for January. Uh, we're also going to talk about what I feel is some unethical behavior by realtors out there. I think it's greedy, and I think it's harming sellers, so I'm going to say something about that. And the other thing I want to talk about is last week, we talked about parents partnering with their kids, putting up larger down payments so they could buy a house more cost effectively. You know, if they don't have that extra down payment money, it could cost them seven, $800 a month in PMI and extra inch and extra um, interest costs and things like that. So, so let's go, let's quickly go to the market. Then we'll get on to, you know, the rest of the story of the day. All right. So let's take a look. Let me take you out to my computer and let's go online and let's see what the charts look like. All right. So the charts for today that I want to focus on is this is the first uh, two weeks of February. So I compare, take five years before the pandemic and then say, okay, what's their average? And then what's our average for the first 15 days of February? Well, in Fairfax County, we're down 17%, Loudoun County 16, Prince William 18. So everybody's down, you know, 16 to 18% on their inventory. So, you know, the first two weeks aren't good, but if we look at what happened last week, in the first, last week, we talked about all of January. I mean, all of January, everybody was down 25, 27, 29, and 24%. So we were way down in January, in February, we're just down, okay? Um, so down 16, 18% is pretty significant. Um, and I know there is a lot of buyer and seller fatigue out there. And I'm gonna tell you how we're handling buyer and seller fatigue here later on in the show. But, you know, this is causing some distress, not just from the buyers, but the sellers are distressed as well. It is a lot of pressure on them when a lot of people are trying to get into their house and some of them um, are, you know, we try and keep everybody calm and, and all and, and not let them feel the distress because I don't want them to make any rush decisions. Okay. So, um, you know, right now inventory is down, houses are in big demand. The way of knowing how well the market is doing is taking a look at how many homes on the market are under contract, right? So in all of these towns, how many homes are under contract? Now, last week, Haymarket was 100%. And I went, wait a minute. I mean, 100%. And, and today I ran 58% of the homes are under contract. So I thought that was really weird. And I went back to the MLS. And if I could find the MLS, this is what's happening in Haymarket. Here's the days on market, right, of these homes. These are coming soon. These are active. And there's the days on market. So in the last five days, most of one day, you've got 10 homes under $900,000 that come on the market in Haymarket with another six or seven getting ready to launch. So these could launch at any time. I'm not sure what, you know, I've checked each one two times. So is the inventory for the first two weeks of February down? But if we look forward to the last two weeks of February or the whole month of February, we're seeing that here it comes. So let's say you are a buyer right now. You know, where am I looking? Well, in Centerville, there's just nothing available right now. 
Now we are putting on, oh, let's see. We're putting on Pebble Brook um, uh, today. Uh, that'll be on the market, but you know, that's gonna have 30 or 40 showings in there. So it's gonna be very competitive for that house. But I'm gonna tell you this, that I sell a lot of houses in, in, in Centerville. Um, Pebble Brook is the best. I mean, Pebble Brook is, I'm telling you, it is a, a sweetheart of a house. So if somebody's looking at Centerville and you're at about that $1.1 million range, that might be a house you're looking for because that is a one of a kind, as Pat would call it, it's a unicorn. So, but if you look in here, McLean, you got a good shot at finding inventory in McLean. And my number one word I would use for the buyers is patience. You have to be patient. It's not you, can't get frustrated. This is a supply and demand issue. And it's one that I know people are under pressure to get houses and we'll just have to you know, make do until the inventory comes, until the inventory gets here. But you know, the facts are the facts. If there's not a lot of inventory, it's not here yet. Let's not lose our patience. Let's not get frustrated. Let's not get angry. Let's just, you know, it's like Billy and I doing a football game. We're football coaches. We've coached for many years. The wilder the game gets, the calmer we become because you have to think very clear in very tight situations. So remain calm, make logical decisions, don't get emotional. And, and that's how buyers are, are getting these houses. So, you know, and going into some of the other ways of, of uh, you know, how buyers are finding houses, I'm going to go to, uh, I'm going to blow this off and I'm going to go to the second part of the show, which I think is some unethical things. I think it, realtors are taking advantage of buyers and sellers out there because of these market conditions. And here's what they're doing. If you hear the term pocket listing, or you hear the term off-market listings, get another realtor. In my opinion, it's extremely unethical what people are doing. What they're saying is we have five listings and we're not showing those to anyone in the public, but our buyers, okay? So, so our buyer, really. So you're gonna show them to three or four people when the only way to get the highest and best value for a house is to show it to three to 5,000 people, give them time to see the property, give them time to, you know, huddle with their lender and then present their contract. And when all those contracts come in, you will get the highest and best value. Now we have a buyer, they have to wait. We'll see what the highest and best value is. If you want to match it, fine. We'd rather work with ourselves than somebody else, fine. Is it the best interest of the seller? Absolutely. Highest price, most control. That's the way to do it. Okay. And in fact, last year, 17%, we sold 17% of the houses, the buyers came through us. We had total control of those sales. Um, if you're a buyer and you're not working with a real estate agent, go to the listing agent and submit a contract through them. If you're sophisticated enough, if you bought multiple houses and sold multiple houses, go through with them yourself. That's the best way I can tell you to get a deal. Okay. But there are companies out there that are even touting, um, you know, the agent has buyers. Well, what, what does that mean? So I went to the agent that says, Debbie has buyers, right? And 7% of their listings were sold through their team. 7%, now 17% of ours was sold and we're not even saying that, but they're saying, hey, you know, we have the buyers, 
So what they're doing is they're trying to keep houses off the market and sell them themselves. Um, so, you know, to me, I think it's unscrupulous. I think as soon as I heard it, I was very upset that agents were doing that. Um, the only way to get highest and best value for your house is to have full exposure. Now, let me show you another thing while we're here, while I've got my computer opened up here. Let me bring you back online. I don't think you're online with me. Are you? No. Let me show you this. All right. So this is a um, this is a behind the scenes on my website. Okay. So as you can see, all of these homes are under contract. These are my listings. All of them are under contract. You have three that are coming soon. They're all launching today. Heinz, Pebblebrook, uh, Grassy Hill, everywhere from 1.4 on down to 525. So these are going, but that's not what I want to show you. I want to show you this. So this tells me that uh, this is how many storage searches, but this is how many clients have actually viewed this listing. So as soon as we list a coming soon, there is a buyer pool that has stored listings for that. Now, normally I'm trying to get over 200. Okay, I'm trying to get over 200 buyer and that's the buyer pool. And I'm trying to get over six, six to eight, maybe 10 in this number here. And these are favorites. So if somebody looks at the listing and says, ah, that's a favorite for me. I really like this listing. So if we get six to 10, we know we're gonna have three or four contracts and competitive bids. So that's what I'm looking for. But look at the numbers in the buyer pool, not 200, 600. 600, 500, 1,000. We had 1,000 people in a buyer pool for an $850,000 $850, home in Oakton. Um, 600, condo, so I don't count that. Um, 643, and this is in um, uh, Great Falls and 1.85. So you have, in Great Falls at 1.85, you have 643 people in the buyer pool looking at that house. And you have 49, 34. What this tells me is that Pebblebrook, so, so what I do on a uh, Tuesday is I huddle up with my sellers. We, we launch our coming soon on Thursday. We sit down on Tuesday. We look at this chart right here and I say, hopefully we have eight, uh, six to 10 people that are favoring the house. If they do, we're at the right price. We have 49. We have 49 people on this house right here. We have 34 for Pebblebrook. So what that tells me is I can project where that house is going to basically, how many contracts we're going to get, which is going to be, you know, 15 to 20. Now, you know, why sellers are a little, you know, sellers get a little um, fatigued, fatigued. That's a good word for it. I mean, it's, it's very uh, tough when you have 15, 20 contracts coming at you, but they're going to be shown 50 times this weekend. So I'm going to tell you how we're going to handle that here in a minute. You know, how we're, how we're adjusting to the market here in a second. So, so this house has 34, the other has 49, Heinz uh, Ford has 18 and a buyer pool of 600. So of course I go to all the listings. I say, let's launch the listing. Hey, 1.4, you're probably going to end up at about 1.5. Hey, 950, you're going to probably end up at about 1.1. And, and the reason why this is important is we already have four contracts on Pebblebrook. Four contracts on Pebblebrook. Million, million twenty, million fifty. 
right? Well, if I got 34 people that I know are favoring the home and I've got, you know, more than that going to show the house, then I know that I should be somewhere. I'm looking for a 1.1. That's what I'm looking for. So with this many contracts coming in and with this one right here, I know it's 525, but you know, probably 575, we may touch 600 on that one. So it might be 600,000. So, so what I'm trying to show you is that's the buyer pool. That's the demand. <clears throat> this is how many people are favoring these homes. So this is the demand side. <clears throat> and as I showed you before, the supply side was new inventory coming on the market. So that's why it's important that every Thursday we look at what is the inventory? What is the demand? What can we expect? And by the way, again, I'll say, <clears throat> you see, see these numbers right here? All right. So five to six, 700 people are looking at this house and want to bid on that house. And the agents that say, we're going to do a compass. I'm going to drop name of compass. Compass has an entire page on exclusive listings exclusive listings where they will sell it to their own buyers and it will not go on the MLS. That is ridiculous. That is unbelievable that a company would have an entire page set up for exclusive listings that they'll only show to their clients. That is horrible, horrible that they would do that. I truly believe then they're not going to be seen by 600 people. Julie, when Julie's done with you on the, on the general, done with our sellers, if we only have 4,000 people that have seen an ad, we're pretty disappointed. We really like to get 14,000. So we're trying to get 14, four to 14,000 on the internet, looking at it, clicking through to a website. We're trying to get these five or 600 all getting excited, clicking through to the website. We're trying to drive traffic to the house. We're trying to get 40 or 50 listings. And instead of that, a company wants to say, yeah, we're just going to open up to our, our, our agents. I'll show you one other thing. I mean, heck, nobody watches this show anyways. What do I care? So all, all Compass agents combined, this is Vienna sales over a million dollars, resales over a million dollars. We sold $40 million in listings last year in that, in that market. All Compass agents combined did 38. All Pearson Smith combined did 27. All Weikert agents, all Weikert agents combined did 25. And all Sotheby's did 24. And you can see the Long and Foster offices, the entire Vienna office and McLean office of Long and Foster did about 23 million each. We did 40 million each. Now, because we do that, we do have a lot of buyers. I mean, they do come to us. And that means we have a lot of people that are looking for these houses because they know we're the listing agents. I don't tout that. We don't tout that. And if Billy walks into me and goes, hey, I got a buyer for this $2 million home. It's like, Billy, I'll see you on Monday or I'll see you on Sunday because it's got to be seen by everybody before we know what is the highest and best value. At that point, We'll get rights of first refusal if we have a client that's looking at the house and say, hey, if you want it, it's going to cost X amount of dollars and you can't have any contingencies, yada, yada, yada. And by the way, you have to beat the best offer. So <clears throat> some do, some don't. So anyways, 
That's the proper way to do it. If anyone was going to take their listings private and say, hey, um, I'll just show them to my clients. It's us, but I wouldn't do it because it's unscrupulous, unethical, and I think it's just wrong. So again, you hear an agent say, pocket listings, off-market listings, get another agent. All right, let's talk, let's talk right now about how much time do I have left? I got a little time left. Let's talk about um, um, this buyer fatigue and seller fatigue, okay? So how are we addressing the seller fatigue? Okay, so the way we normally would do it is we would go coming soon on Thursday. We'd, you know, we'd check the predictive analysis on Tuesday. By Thursday, we'd go live. By Sunday, we would do an open house. That period is too long. It's just too long when you have so much pressure to field contracts, respond to buyers, da-da-da-da-da. It's just, it's just too much. So we're shortening that period of time. And here's what we're going to do. So our, our coming soons, we're going to put on on Monday. We're going to let them soak till Thursday. So we're, we're going to condense that time to a four-day period, right? So it's not going to be a full week. It's just going to be four days. And then on Wednesday, we'll do our predictive analysis on Wednesday. I'll more than know whether, what we got on Wednesday. And then on Friday or Saturday, depending on the kind of volume I think we're going to get, then we'll do our open house on Friday or Saturday, tie in the knot, finish it up by Saturday or Sunday and be done with it, right? That will still give plenty of people an opportunity to get in the house, plenty of people to bid on the house, you know, highest and best offers. And I will tell you the reason why I'm doing this is because you'll find your highest and best offers are coming pretty quick. I mean, they're not the last people in the door. They're the first people in the door. So we know that those first ones are really the best, you know, good offers. Um, so we're going to reduce the soak, which means that buyers don't see a house on Thursday and have to wait until Sunday. That's a week and four days after they first seen the house to know whether they can get that house or not. So I'm going to reduce the fatigue on the buyers. I'm going to reduce the fatigue on the sellers. I'm going to make sure that, you know, this period of time that they're under this kind of stress, which we try and alleviate, but. Some people put stress in themselves. So we want to make that a shorter period of time. Coming soon on Monday. We'll do our predictive analysis on Wednesday. I'll let you know whether we're at the right price or not. We'll launch on Thursday. We'll have an open house on Friday or Saturday. Now, Friday. People say, well, um, people work on Friday. Not people that are looking for houses don't work on Friday. People looking for houses are looking for houses. If it is a lightning thunderstorm, that buyer will walk in that door. If it is a snowstorm, if it's a blizzard, the buyers will bring their own shovels and work their way into that house. Trust me. If they, we have, are full of showings on Friday, full of them, full of them. And I will tell you that those people are coming in. Now, let's say we say, okay, everybody's in there. We do the open house on Friday. And then on Saturday, we're asking for contracts. Well, people still see the house on Saturday, but, you know, the contracts are coming in on noon on Saturday. Um, and even though we say, hey, you know, we need your contracts by Saturday at noon, we still can't, we still can't prohibit people from submitting contracts. Somebody submits a contract, we're obligated by the Board of Realtors to present that contract to the seller. So still going to present the contract to the seller. So 
Anyways, I think what we're trying to do is we're trying to not get the buyers to walk away because they're tired and they're fatigued and they're, they've been calling us now for four days on a house that came on the market on Thursday. It's only Tuesday. It's not going to be out until Thursday. You're not going to do an open house till Sunday. You're not going to list the contracts on Monday. We got to shorten that or they're going to walk away. So Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday or Saturday for the open house. Good to go. So I think we'll still have that big influx of people in, um, you know, to take a look at those houses. Now, let's talk about buyers. Let's talk about buyers for a second. What was important about that chart was if you're looking in Aldi and Haymarket and Manassas or wherever the heck you're looking, if you looked at that chart, you could have seen that there's like 10, 11 houses that just came on the market in Haymarket with seven to come right behind them. So that's 17. Okay, well, that pretty much doubles the sales volume they've had out there. And that means that their inventory is here. So, um, you know, for you buyers, you want to keep an eye out. Tune in on Thursday. I'll let you know where all the houses just came on the market. But, you know, we look at some of them, it's still 83%. Okay, well, maybe they didn't get a lot of inventory right now, but they will. It's coming. The reason why I'm here every Thursday is because it's coming and we're going to know. So we now know Haymarket has the inventory right now. So if you're looking for a house, go ahead and look at Haymarket. There's a couple other tips I want you to think about, right? So when a house just comes on the market, yes, everybody's bidding on it. But the homes that have been painted have new lighting fixtures, have new hardware, the way we prepare a house, right? That's what everybody wants. Now, when we invest $7,000 in a house, we get back at least 50 and probably $75,000. So we increase the value of a house when we list it by just doing what's called the cosmetic issues. Not, not bathrooms, not kitchens, and not, you know, not big, heavy stuff, but I mean, paint, hardware lighting fixtures, things people see in pictures, right? That drag them into that house and make them think this is a 2020 house, 2022 house. So let's flip that around. If I'm a buyer, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for the best colors. I'm not looking for the best lighting fixtures. I'm not looking for the best hardware. Go find yourself with 1985 lighting fixtures, um, brass hardware and yellow paint. All I got to do is paint it. You know, you put in the seven, eight thousand dollars. You have that work done. I, 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 I think we didn't get a listing this week. I, I feel because I thought they should paint the house. I thought they should paint the house. It was, it was yellow, and I don't think yellow is a good color for a seller. And he decided to go with someone else. And I'm sure the other agent said, "Hey, I don't think you should paint. I think that looks fine." Well, it is, but our focus is to to tell sellers. What is going to get you the highest possible number? I know we only have so much time, energy, and money. I get that. Nobody wants to do it. Buyers don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Sellers don't want to do it. But if the goal is to get the highest and best price for the house, paint house. Turn it into a chat room. Turn it into Revere Pewter. Turn it into... Um, What's the edge comb? Turn it into the, the top colors from Benjamin Moore and, and Sherwin Williams, and um, and that house will pop. Take the lighting fixture out. Put the nice lighting fixture in. Um, 
you know, I we're going to start doing more reels. And I told Kelly, you know, when I go in and listen to her and Morgan and Colby and Billy and these guys, how what their advice is to sellers on what they need to put where. See, these guys are all 30 something, 32, 33, 34, 35, and they're buying houses. So they represent the newest, best way to present a house to a 30 something. So I'm often amazed at how smart they are and how astute they are. And you're going to be seeing more of that because I'm going to start doing just some little videotapes and I'll put that up on the reels on Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that, because I think it's information people can really use. I mean, they're very talented. And that's the word I used for, for, for all of the agents, Pam and Pat. I mean, they're very experienced and, you know, they're great, but, but, you know, some about the way that the four of them are putting houses into this 30 something look and they find the right drums to buy for the lighting fixtures and all that. I'm very, very, very proud and very impressed with the group that we have. So my name is Casey Sampson. If you're looking to uh, talk to the Casey Sampson group, you can call me at 703-508-2535 or go look us up at caseysampson.com and you can check podcasts. Julie does a great job of having all of our podcasts listening up there. So you can go check them, listen to them. They've all got different strategies for sellers and for buyers and all that stuff. So caseysampson.com slash podcast. And if you want to shoot me an email, it's Casey at caseysampson.com. Remember, friends don't let friends make mistakes in real estate and working with an agent that has pocket listings and off the market listings really could be costing your seller, your friend, your family member, your business associate could be costing them tens and tens of thousands of dollars. So have them give us a call. 703-508-2535. We'll see you guys next Thursday. Bye now.